And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Captain, I do not think it is appropriate for a Starfleet officer to appear naked. I'm on my way. Please inform Commander LaForge. Why does the tall man have a furry face? You seem quite familiar with our personnel. Oh, I am, Commander Riker. May I touch your hand? No! This is real. Deanna, what's the matter? No! Deanna! 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 No! Remember, I will always forever be Shinzon. And my voice shall echo through time long after yours has faded to a dim memory. Hello! And welcome to the final wrap-up episode, a bonus fifth Monday episode of Two True Freaks, of what we're calling Commentary Catch-Up Month. And when I say we're calling, I mean me, Chris Ketchup Honeywell, and Scott Shinzon Gardner. <laughs> Shinzon? Shinzon. The Shinzer. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm looking, I gotta be honest, I'm looking forward to this one. I think this is going to be a very interesting commentary because uh you know you and i were talking just before uh before we started recording here that you're not quite as prepared to rip it to shreds as you thought you might be but i'm not so willing to uh defend it as i thought i might be so this might be an interesting uh meet in the middle uh, of sorts i don't hate the movie i i actually like it quite a lot in certain respects there's certain things that uh that i think it, it did really really well unfortunately it kind of suffers from not a great story and it's got a case of the stupids in a lot of parts e- and, yes <laughs> yeah and and that was the biggest downfall uh, of the movie it's uh, you know it's not my favorite next gen by by a long shot, but it's not my least favorite uh, Trek by a long shot either. There's there's ones that I think are, are you know uh, not near as good as this one. So it, it's weird. It's I'm not sure where exactly I would rank it on this. One of these days we ought to do that. We ought to do well, that episode where we tr- honestly try to rank all the all the I Star mean, Treks in our personal opinion. And but there's so many you can rank them by original series Treks, next gen Treks, and then the new ones are all as a lump. If it's all mm-hmm. in a lump, the only one that I that this one's snuggled between 2009 reboot and Into Darkness. Hmm. It's it's a, the the you know Oreo filling in the middle between the two of them. That's huh. That's interesting. If, I if, you know if I'm if not you sure. Count which I'd ra- if I did it I'd rather as if it was in the whole of the Trek and Next Generation it would be my least favorite Star Trek definitely. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, 
discounting the Abrams ones because those are already off my personal table anyway. But uh, you know, just off the top of my head, I mean, I like this better than uh, than um, what's the uh, first contact. I you know you talk about stupid Trek that that one to me is still the the most lazy stupid Trek that you know of the original ones anyway but eh you know <laughs> we'll save all that as we actually get into it yeah and I was but, just uh, thinking this isn't really as much of a catch up like we've been doing with the 2004 movies but <laughs> yeah we've true. been we've been due to do this one for a while so I guess it's you've been jumped. itching to get to yeah. this one for a while yeah. I, I, you know, I, it wasn't as much to do the show as to watch it again, to have an excuse to watch it again, to really form my, because all, um, my memory of it is sort of like blind red rage, with a few scenes poking out of it. So I wanted to see it in its whole entirety and and watch it again to, to figure out what the hell happened. <laughs> and now I got that opportunity. I think I might know what the hell happened, too. <laughs> All right. Well. You want me to get this puppy rolling? Yeah, let's get it cranking. All right. Just like uh, all the others, we have our, uh, we have it set at zero, zero, which is the starting point of all movies. Um, I'm going to count down from three, and when I say go, hit play, and we'll all watch it together, and you get to hear us Talk over all the good parts and bad parts. <laughs> Everything in between. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, go. All right. Paramount Pictures, the abusive step. Blue stars, yellow diamonds, green clovers. <laughs> Would you say the abusive one? Step the abusive daddy. parent? Star <laughs> Step dad. <The> stingy. <laughs> stingy daddy doesn't give him enough money to. I do like the soundtrack. Although it's weird, you know, the the soundtrack that I've got for this, and I have no idea if it's official or if it's a bootleg, I'll be perfectly honest, but it's two albums. And it's weird because the first album is. Doesn't that eh. look like it should say in stereo? Right. <laughs> and the backwards are, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, yeah, it looks like a kid misspelled it or something. <laughs> like a little kid wrote it. Well, plus the nemesis doesn't unfurl correctly. It does, it's like not in the middle of the words. It's right. Kinda, yeah. So that, that non-symmetrical stuff always kind of makes me nuts. I think I cut this movie a lot of slack just simply because... It was finally the Romulans were the bad guy in in the movie, and I'd waited a long sort time of. for that. Sort yeah. of. Yeah, the Romulans are in it, but it ends up being a Earth guy and a bunch of space vampires. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? and when it when it comes right, it was space Nosferatu's. Well, I will agree with you that the movie doesn't live up to the potential that it had. Now, I enjoy it. You know, I mean, th at the end of the day, I, I walk out of this one going, eh, that was fun. But I will definitely agree that there's a lot of missed potential in the movie. But I was excited when it when it was coming out and hearing about it and everything that it was finally going to be, you know, the, the Romulans were going to be the big bad. Although, like you say, sort of, because it's more the Remans a lot of the than stuff the Romulans. That I would have wanted to see in this movie, you know, we actually got to see in the, like, John Byrne IDW Romulan right. stuff. Right. 
And I, I think right. that I'm cut that I'm cutting the I, I I like this this part of it. It reminded me of the undiscovered country with the Klingons mm-hmm. with the beginning of that. Or, you know, blood bloodbath. And uh and I also I've just read those John Byrne books, so he swipe swiped, but you know, got a lot of the visuals from that of the Romulan Senate and stuff from right. this movie, I'm assuming. Right. Well, obviously he did because it looks you know right down to the outfits and everything so mm-hmm. i so i was just like and w- i think when i originally saw this i was in such a blind rage so now that i'm watching it again i'm remembering oh yeah i i really like this part at the beginning i like the, the setup of this movie for the most part um a lot like the i'm gonna draw a lot of comparisons to the abrams movies but yeah, uh, this one it, where it starts out, and I'm going, yeah, okay, I'm I'm kind of digging this, and I like the way they play out this action sequence. I love the way the guy's just like, what, huh? Um, what's going on with her birth control pills? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's totally what that looks like. <laughs> Oh. Now they all need to go. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kicks ass, man. It's like free bird. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know that the the dome of the Senate building was also a laser show. <laughs> right, it's a Floyd show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, too bad. Don't look <laughs> the lasers right in the eye. <laughs> oh. How dry I am. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd all that walk? There. <laughs> Ow. Why are their heads always hollow, though, when they... Like a statue. <laughs> they, this happens in movies. Like, this happens all the time. Oh, God. Picard's been drinking again. What's funny was, watching this for the first time, my, my thought here was, man, he's looking old. And this is like what? <laughs> <laughs> Almost twenty years ago, I th- already I think something like that. How, how 13, old is this movie? Two thousand thirteen. Yeah, thirteen years ago. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, he's actually looking pretty good compared to like Days of Future Past, where I thought he was looking really well, kind of. We could watch Star Trek Six now, and like Shatner just turned eighty three, right? So you know, we could watch Star Trek when we were watching Star Trek Six when it first came out in the movie theaters. It's just like, oh, Grandpa, you're getting up there. But now it's like, oh, look at him. He's a trip. <laughs> Spry. Oh, Whoopi Goldberg collects a paycheck. And Will Wheaton collects an inexplicable paycheck. Greatest thing about this movie, Wesley never talks. It never opens his mouth, yeah. But this is the most, like, I think in the whole movie, the most next generation part, although it doesn't hit the right notes for it. It's, it's very, you know, it's very forced to me, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's not forced to the point of awkwardness because, uh, uh, before I start ripping on the movie, I'm going to s- stress the, the strong points of this movie. I think the music is good. Um, the visuals, are really good in some parts. Some parts are really cheesy, but some parts they're you know some of the better best visuals in a Star Trek movie, and the actors. Uh, there were a lot of complaints when this came out that everybody was just sort of 
phoning it in and, you know, taking a last go around and kind of tired and stuff. And I sort of felt that way watching it. Watching it again, no, they're, the, they're I think, the strongest point in this movie. They, they've worked together so much that they can take awkward stuff and still make you buy it, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, some of them, I think, are, are doing a really... I think Riker looks fantastic. And there's other ones that I will I will agree with the kind of schlepping it thing a little bit. Well, a lot of them one. are given basically nothing to do in the movie. Yeah, it's really that's true. In Data's movie. Space symbols. <laughs> I'd love it if they were playing the chicken dance. There's parts of it that I think work pretty well, though, with the with the actors. It was nice to see Whoopi drop back in again. I might not think much of her personally, but I like Guinan as a character quite a lot. I don't. I have no idea what she's like personally. I can imagine she might be fun to be around, but yeah, I, yeah she's a weird actress because she's an incredible actress who takes a lot of really horrible roles or I, she doesn't really take roles. You don't see her in movies much anymore, but right. Like she came out as like this Oscar winning actress and then she was doing all these like grade Z horrible movies, like right in a row. It was so weird. See, I think this scene was working pretty good till this point. This is a point where it's a little forced and kind of goofy, but eh. I, I, I Trek's like... full of stuff like this, though. That's the thing. I, I, I like this part. Just well, I mean, we're data singing here. It's okay. I mean, like I said, this is this is very much like the TV show. You know, it's yeah. sort of light. It's it's lighthearted. It's the characters being together, you know, and, you know, it's the setup. Um, at the very, very least, um, they didn't do the most obvious thing that they could have. And had, I love this beauty pass right here. Had Riker uh, die. The in music. It. Oh, it's just fantastic. I like this part. I miss Jerry Goldsmith so much. And by this point I'd come to really like this enterprise too. I like so. it. It's 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 a, the streamlinedness of it takes a little bit out of it. I I still like a little bit of clunk in my enterprise here and there. Right. <laughs> I like Picard's little zinger here. <laughs> Wait a minute! Or, or was that a dick joke was from Picard? Like ambassador to vault or uh, ambassador to the Klingons or something? Mm -hmm. Wasn't Worf like when this was supposed to take place in the time? Now he's just like button pushing Worf, <laughs> you know, back on the bridge. Right? It wasn't like in whatever show he was on, he was like the ambassador to the Klingons or so. He was like had some really important position. Um, yeah, something. He was on DS9, but I don't remember what the hell his station was on there. Basically, he was like, okay, I'm going to make next-gen people pay attention to this this show. See, they're, they're setting... Which worked, because it was the only time I gave a shit about DS9 was when Worf was part of the... That's when the show actually got halfway decent for a while. 
See, I think, but like I said in the in the commentary that we did for for insurrection, here he is back on the Enterprise, and by this yeah, point, by this they point, don't even bother to. Exp- he's yeah. just there, you know. Yeah, whatever, man. Yeah, he's. You can't have the movie without Worf, and I'm sure Michael Dorn wasn't being like, I don't know if I want to play Worf again. I think he was pretty, pretty happy to play Worf. So. Yeah. By that point, I think that thing was permanently glued to his forehead. <laughs> right. So it's like, what the hell? It's just other easier job to leave it on than ever take right. it off. <laughs> but I think they're doing too much foreshadowing, and already, well, a one foreshadowing is that like you would think Riker or Troy would die. A, we're not going to get so lucky as Troy's going to die, <laughs> just because you know that's what happens in a movie like this when two people get married. It's like, oh man, you're setting it up for drama. Mm-hmm. And now finding another data, you know, is basically setting up, you know, something happened in the data. I'll be honest with you. This is really this is really the only part of the movie I've got a problem with is the whole you know, is another first, suing android well, thing. This is where this movie. This takes is the its, first its big dumbs. Yeah, this is this is the beginning of the the the, the dumbs happening in the movie. And A, it's just like, what is the Enterprise just sort of scanning around thousands of miles or, or miles, you know, parsecs or whatever, you know, it's it's a ways off where they're going. They have to detour to, to get to it. But just to, you know, their scanners are scanning everything so closely that those little, you know, basically something the mass of data on a planet you know, millions of miles away, they're picking up on it and going, oh, hey, look, positronic emissions. It's just, you can't think about it for more than two seconds. <laughs> and and with the whole space being so incredibly big. What's, what's really kind of weird is that I, I like this part. I just don't like why they're there. I oh, I you hate know? everything about this part. <laughs> really? Yes. Well, why? I hate the dune bug. I hate a, a dune buggy chase. A, I think it's poorly filmed. I think they they filmed it and then just threw filter filters over it. Filters galore. It's got a sort of wa- you know washed out filter on it to make it look like the harsh light of sunlight. But what it ends up looking like is like some 80s Mad Max ripoff. You know, I mean, he's driving. I I don't care whatever technology is doing this. He's driving a modern dune buggy. Right. You know, it's it's a it doesn't. (laughs) I like Worf just kicking it in the back. Yeah. (laughs) They needed to have a jam going. But it's like. Worf reaches up from the back and he's like, what's on the radio? It's just everything about everything about this thing is like a impractical for a uh, for a Starfleet thing. B, why would it be so retro as it doesn't have shields? You know, it's and why why or okay, so it can wheel around. Why not have it be able to just take off if it has to? You know, so that they don't have to. I can only assume it's supposed to be some sort of exploratory vehicle or something. They never really bothered to explain it. Right, because I think they were trying to get 
um, Picard back into the movie. That doesn't make any sense either. Some warrior. You pussy. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> I mean, I guess the hand... Well, give the man a hand. The hand could... The hand could feel like... Um, vibrations or something and knew someone was walking by and trying to get its attention. I don't know. They should have it spelling out something in sign language there, though. <laughs> Although, how would it, it... It's just... Well, on the one hand, that part there is is meant to elicit a chuckle, and it does. Where where you know, Data says it's a robotic arm, and then you know, War right. says, "Well, various do." You know, it's meant to elicit a chuckle, which it does. But on the same token, as we have pointed out time and time and time again, Troy did that for seven years, and right. nobody ever said, you know, really, you know, but he's trying to get into Data's pants. I don't think <laughs> Data's jumpsuit. None of them, anyway. But um, what you see, I liked when when I, now oh, I think got to be some fanfic out there somewhere. Now, oh yeah, now that I know what's going on with this with the story here, that's why I think this is stupid. When I first saw this, I I didn't like this. You know, the dune buggy, the the generic desert, the the bad filter effect. But the premise of okay, they they're picking up another, you know, data, was it was interesting, you know, it, it the 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 plot points they start throwing out all have very are very interesting. It has a a, a little bit of a mystery like it's forming, but to my dismay, it turns out they weren't really making a mystery. They just <laughs> randomly we're putting stuff in there to get you to the big big ending see the, these things here right they're just a perfectly timed you know perfect perfectly timed plot device to drive things forward and to to drive to uh i mean this movie was made in 2002 um you know it's the only you know of the original star trek movies made in this you know in this century and it was it's post um prequels is so it's post you know super cgi effects becoming a, a thing and it's got the super cgi effects in it but a, this this scene with this like so like 85 to 90 <laughs> yeah this chase that is scene true. You know, I mean, the way it's shot. Well, I it's, think they, I think they lost some money. I think that yeah. you, there's a lot of this you can look at and go, yeah, yeah this, this is this isn't this, this isn't Star getting Trek five budget. Right, exactly. Right I mean, these shots are so there's shots like this in Star Trek five. But, Although I think the CGI is really good. There's a shot coming up here that I continue to be really impressed with. Well, this is a really this is a really nice thing, but you know what? You, what I would have done is flown the shuttle right ahead of, like, five feet ahead of them, put down the ramp, and then, you know, slowed the shuttle down a little and just right. under the shovel, shuttle. That's that's the easy, 
easy thing with maybe some tractor beam assistance or something. Oh, then you wouldn't get that great right there. That is a great. That's a nice shot. shot. It's and the way they the way the like the camera angle on it. Just yeah, it's a very natural. That looks really good. It's it's you know partially obscured by things that so it looks like a very like a, somebody aimed a cam handheld camera out the window to get it. But right here, that thing is way out there yeah. ahead of them. I mean, what if they miss? Are they prepared to beam out? And, and they could have been killed. With the door and the door opening just in time. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it was. This was like a leftover from the cheesy, cheesy action movies of the late '80s and early '90s. Now, how does it affect this culture? Right, because no, weren't they very much like beginning of of into darkness, <laughs> whatever they 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 went there to get their positronic whatses. What if this positronic thing had some sort of meaning to that culture? They just took it, you know. Yeah, they just landed and and that was their first contact with these people. Were blasting them, right? You know. I mean, the aliens were ugly, so I, maybe we don't feel so bad blasting at them. But, hey, it was their planet. They were just like, what the hell is going on here? Although, I doubt that anything that thought some sort of UFO landed would literally come jumping over a dune buggy with your, with your machine guns blasting. One of the things that always annoyed me about this part here is there is absolutely no mention of lore beyond you know Picard says something because about because if you know, they Dr. brought up lore they would never be doing all the stuff that they do with exactly for here who, exactly you know I know Noonien Singh made prototypes and he was like maybe I haven't reached my final robot yet but naming it B4 makes more sense in the context of this movie than anything would make sense in, in Noonie and Singh's world. You know what I mean? It's just like a mm -hmm. catchy name. It's a catchy name for him. And it was the, it's a stupid name. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, another thing that just pissed me off about this movie was seeing it in the theater, the audience. The audience was getting all wound up over the stuff that I thought was the stupidest stuff. So something stupid would happen like, oh, his name's B4, and you hear everybody go, whoa, and it's like, no, 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 that's stupid. I did like seeing Janeway in this, though. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I like that Starfleet makes people an admiral for losing, you know, getting their ship lost for years and years. Yeah, but she got them all back. Well, not all of them back, but she got them back. I don't know. Alive. I'm just talking shit, but everybody says something like at the end, didn't she like commit like genocide or something? Or is that Deep Space Nine? Where I don't know. I don't remember now. It's been a while since I've seen the end of Voyager, but I just think it's hilarious that. You know, they completely ignore DS9 in these movies, which is just as it should be. I love that Voyager gets a little cameo, but DS9 gets not a well, damn thing. Well, was Voyager awesome. on at the time when this movie came? No, it was Enterprise. over. That's why she's an admiral. Oh, okay. Because she got well, she got right. the ship back and everything, and so evidently she got promoted for it because she, you know, she brought brought him back alive. Didn't she get it lost in the first place though? No, that was not her fault. Oh, okay. She was on a mission uh, pursuing somebody, and she and the enemy that she was pursuing got swept swept to the uh, the Delta Quadrant. 
And it was supposed to take them basically the rest of their lives to get home. But she ended up finding a, a shortcut there at the very end and got them back. So basically, they, you know, seven years out there having a series and then they get back at the end of it. You can see how annoyed everybody is from having to go from the planet of the naked betazoids to Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Why? Every stinking time. Wesley isn't even here to foul up this porno planet. <laughs> I've always... Ah, he'd find a flower bed to fall into, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. Even though this comes from the original series, I always thought that, that, you know, maybe that when Starfleet discovered the planets, they named them Remus and Romulus uh, from the myth, you know, mm-hmm. as our Starfleet name for them. But that the... That the um, Inhabitants of the worlds also have named them after an Earth fable is a little bit of a stretch. Well, that might just be, you know, what we're hearing as the as the translation, right. too. True. I, I don't know. It's one of those things I just tend to overlook. Well, it's one of those things that works into this is this is a movie that has it throws out all this stuff and ideas and, you know, callbacks to old shows and ideas from other shows um it's this i i think this is the first time with into darkness being the worst most overt offender of trying to do the wrath of khan where they're like okay star trek movies what makes them boring it's it's lack of a of a strong villain. Rathacon had a va- strong villain, so they try to get, you know, a big baddie from now on. You have to have a person that's the personification of whatever they're fighting or whatever their conflict is. And this, this is just more, this is, you know, <laughs> basically the remember scene from Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Way early, you know, but this is an out, you know, this is this. It is. Or this was pro- when I was like, oh, they're going to kill data. You know, the problem uh, with this out is that it's so telegraphed. Yeah. So telegraphed. And it that, bugs me because it's not only telegraphed, it's lazily telegraphed and it makes no real logic in this in the universe unless these people are completely stupid. Right. They've been through this scenario before yes. where they found another data. They know how that ended. They assembled him and he turned on them and took over the ship. I mean, they've had so many by the point of this, because you have to remember, this is the last adventure with these guys. So we've seen the entire series at this right. point and they have had numerous run-ins with lore where he endangered the ship, you know, and, and I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think the last time we see lore was actually when he was teamed up with the Borg and trying to get the, you know, basically sicking the Borg on the Federation. So I don't buy this, that they would find another data out there and immediately be like, yeah, let's slap him together and see how he works. Kind of what really? And there's, they sweep all that under the rug. There's no mention of it whatsoever. It's like, yeah, let's put him together. Oh, by the way, let's give him all of data, you know, data's memories and and everything including yeah. the ability to hack into the computer and you know, he's got, you know, so presumably he's got access to everything that data knows and data's like the second officer of the ship for Christ's sake. I mean, that's just 
Yeah, that this is the part of the movie that does, you know. See, I like everything else. I like the the Romulan stuff. I like the Reman stuff. I like Shinzon. I think he's a good character. I, I think the actor, you know, does a, a lot with what he's got to work with. I enjoy everything else about the movie. I genuinely do. But that's the part of this that really drags the movie down is this stupid shit with B4 that, in my opinion, exists just to give Brent Spiner a, a, a way back in if, if he, he changes his mind later on. You know, because the, the, you know, the argument that I heard was, well, you know, B4 does serve a, a, a purpose because he was put on the planet by Shinzon so that he could learn, you know, Which Federation. Which opens secret. up but all sorts of other questions into the stupid world. It, it does. It, does it, he, it, fi- he found exactly. this he knew this was going to, lo- you know, what, exactly. a, what a convoluted plan to, to yep. get John Lu- Jean-Luc Picard's blood, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it opens up more problems than it solves, plus the fact there there had to be an easier way to get to all this other stuff. You you could find some other way to do it that would not involve another Soong android. Right. I, I just don't buy that no, at all. It, 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 this is a movie full of plot devices, which, whatever it happens in Star Trek, it's happening fast and furious in here. I like this part right here, though. I love the music. That's a good line. Yeah, this I mean the special effects are beautiful. The, the spaceships are beautiful. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, it's an unprecedented spaceship battle at the end. Oh, Quite I as, love it's battles. not as yeah. fun, well choreographed. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> not what I was expecting. That's uh what's his name? Ron Perlman. I like him in this. He's I like him in almost everything. He's almost yeah. unrecognizable in this. Yeah, I like him though. But just that they're making another thing about Star Trek is having an ugly ass alien with needle teeth that looks like a vampire. Usually they end up be, usually in Star Trek they try to make it a lot of times where the aliens may look horrifying but that's right you know these guys are like real monsters you know there's no like shading of of the remans and the remans could you see this is where this is this movie could have been so interesting and I, actually i should go into this later oh it's like it's totally palpatines <laughs> but um soon you will call me master but um that was my shitty emperor yeah <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that just reminds me, I haven't done a shitty Yoda in a long time. <laughs> now this Not more bald people. And Doesn't anybody have hair in this movie? I mean, this guy is basically Nero from the the Star Trek remake. Bald, angry guy. Oh, you're killing me, man! Bald, angry guy from a from a mining planet. The secret. I like it that his outfits weapon. made of this. His outfits made of the same stuff as Marty McFly's hat from Back to the Future <laughs> too, though. I do like that. Now the whole scenario that they 
that they unleash here is was was intriguing to me. A clone of Picard that mm-hmm. you know, that they were going to use as a as a old switcheroo to um you know to take down the, you know his whole backstory is interesting, but. <laughs> doesn't add up to his motivations and actions in this his motivations in this are just basically to be a dick <laughs> it just like just like nero what's wrong with that he's just like nero he's a he's a, he's a bad guy that should have more in common with our with our heroes which is a very star trek idea and a lot of times what ends up in star trek is they find a way to resolve it instead of having to be, you know, an ultimate battle between the good guy. They find out, they convince a good guy of the error of his ways or, you know, they force him into some sort of situation where he has to do something or, you know, they, they, they find out that there's more to the situation, you know, it gets shaded in. And, and from this point on, all Star Trek movies, the bad guy is just this bad, he's a bad guy, you know. And they and they un, in this movie they they just keep having little dumb scenes to underline that like hey the Shinzon's not a not a nice guy or is not a good you know because I don't know I think I think you're I think you're being too hard on it they set up I, I oh do, they set up I the possibility of him being sympathetic they 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 he I mean his backstory sets up entirely of him being sympathetic and um. But they don't go anywhere with it. That's that's the thing. It, they they don't. Uh, I, I mean, I could have uh, gaze upon your younger self. Now, if you were in a situation where your clone, you know, of whatever thirty years younger, all of a sudden like appeared before you, would you be like gawping at him like that, or would you be just like, who is this guy? You know, would you would. Uh, I'm not asking that sarcastically. I wonder if you would just instantly recognize yourself, you know. I would think so. Picard be like looking it'd be like looking at an old photograph or something. He obviously Although there Picard is a moment coming up. Fixed. <laughs> yeah, there is a moment coming up here that I'm going to have a major issue with when Picard is actually looking at a picture of his younger self. Oh god, yeah, I have that same issue. Yep. I th- I'm I I bet you're going in the same place that I'm going with that. <laughs> but um, but no, I I do like this because there's. As I said, when I was in the movie theater, I was noticing some dumb stuff. But whatever, you know, I, I was I was enjoying the setup on this. I was like, okay, this is this isn't, you know, there's a lot of um. Lot of potential in this story. And I guess maybe my imagination is better than the writers of this because there's so much they could have like imagine this situation. You have your Shinzon, you know, he was sent to the mines, befriended the Remans, doesn't like the Romulans. He's a clone, you know, finds out about the great Captain Picard. Ah, don't be doing that. At least he didn't do Blood Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Data's a sick thing. Cool. But uh, it would have been great if Data just licked the blood off it and analyzed it on the spot. <laughs> that would have been badass, man. But, you know, imagine this story if, if say, okay, he's, he's embittered by, you know, I mean, he was given a shit deal by the Romulans. 
But at the same time, he knows that he's the, you know, the clone of this great Starfleet captain. You know, what if he did this thing where he takes over Romulan or, you know, takes over the Romulans and then gets Picard in there and offers up, says, hey, <laughs> uh, you know, I will, you know, the Remans, we're going to we're going to do our own thing. The Romulans are yours in defeat. I'm I'm going to kill them all in the name of Starfleet or whatever, you know. And and Picard actually has to save the Romulans from his clone. Would would have been a very Star Trekky story, and uh, would have but it's, made but more it's sense not, to me. But it's not them that he's after in this it's picard because in order for him to live picard's gotta die that's what it's all about but because he's he can't live he could you know but i mean that's the thing that but that to me that's a plot device it's like oh his clone thing is aging you know they came up with the whole thing of oh we had to age him at some point and that's that never happened so now his you know it's whatever it's just that's that's they they add that in there so they can sideswipe any other any other thing and it's like why does Picard have to die? He could he could just do a series of blood transfusions, or what? Couldn't they um, make up blood using you know the technology they have for for Shinzon? You know there's. There's all sorts of the thing is though what I get out of this is that he he doesn't want right he has a psychological to, re- reason it's just like he Hero. wants to replace Picard he right. it's not enough that Picard contributes yeah he's, he's what he needs to live Picard has to die so that he can live is what I gather it, out yeah of this. yeah it's a half baked psycholo- he has a he has a half baked physical reason which he needs his blood and a half baked psychological reason which is when you break it down it, it it's basically there ain't room in this universe for the two of us well, yeah exactly you know and that's it's too simple for for me for star trek i would rather have it be shinsan thought that he was going to hand over the the romulans to to his basically his father you know it, it would be it would be more even with shinsan's horrible background be more psychological real psychologically realistic to me if he was trying to please Picard and that when he showed up and was like um you know I I'm going to offer you the Romulans and victory for the, you know see, the federation he, and then Picard said that's not what the federation is about and and that could be the you know that could be more of a psychological betrayal to Shinzon and make him be like oh well screw you then that would seem more plausible to me than just this, like, I grew up in bad, you know, nature versus nurture type versus nurture type of thing. And, uh, Shinzon, Shinzon, I would have, I'd, I'd hit that. <laughs> um, but no, I, 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 think, I don't think you're giving it enough credit because he does do what you're saying when he's playing with Picard because the scene, the, the dinner scene, which is yeah, my favorite part of the movie. But he's just playing with him. I wish it was, I, uh, that, I wish that scene was, was for real, you know? It, it would have much more depth to it. And, and instead, it's all just, 
it's all just this convoluted trickery to where yeah, they could have they could have just basically the whole reason like okay we got B four on the ship and oh B four oh, was where will you be when your diarrhea comes back <laughs> yeah I've noticed an important weakness he needs a modium D to survive <laughs> um but you know, the the whole thing with B four you got to have him on the ship okay we we want to kill data. So we'll have B four as our out as our Doctor McCoy remember, but um, um, you know we have to come up with this convoluted plot to get on here. So we'll use him as Shinzon's bait, but that's not that doesn't make enough sense. So we'll have him be, you know, there to collect information. But this whole information thing is just a stupid, stupid plot. Shinzon doesn't really even when he doesn't get this information, it's not. You know, that doesn't halt his plan or really sort of change much of anything for him. And, and, and you know, you could have taken all this out and just had him say, send Jean-Luc Picard to Romulus, you know, and and then they had to go there. He didn't have to do all this convoluted stuff. And up up to a certain point in the movie, the convoluted stuff, I was thinking to myself, it's okay. Let's see where this goes, you know. There's and and I kept thinking there's going to be a twist in this. There's going to be something that ties us together because things aren't making sense. And then when it became apparent that it was just going to be a battle to the end, that's when I got angry. <laughs> but see, it switches though. Is that initially his idea was just simply to get Picard. See, he's playing with him at first. It's a little bit of cat and mouse. It's a little bit of him yeah, just kind of waiting for this moment his whole yeah, life. Yeah, and so he's toying with him a little bit. But then his uh, viceroy comes in and, and basically tells him, "You're running out of time. You got to stop playing. If, if you're going to do this thing, you got to do it now." So he's intent on killing Picard, and that's when Picard es- escapes. And then that's when it turns into the chase that eventually becomes the battle because Shinzon eventually is faced with that choice of, you know, does he, does he carry through on his plot to try to get Picard and and save his own life? Or does he just eliminate Picard because he doesn't have enough time left? And and I don't know. I, I like the plot with this. The only part of this I have a problem with is the B4 stuff. That's the part of it that doesn't work. This I like, I, I think this, the reason this works for me is that this feels like it's, I would have liked the 30 minute television show. I would have liked the first 20 minutes of the movie to been this, this story fleshed out this story. This, I mean, this, this looks like they filmed sequences for it maybe afterwards or something. It's that weird slow-mo. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crappy. It's just weird. I would have liked to have seen more of his backstory. Make him into more of a character that you're going to have. I mean, a, he, he's got his grudge match with Picard. And I think they're trying to do that along the con lines of you know someone with a per a personal grudge but you know khan had the background of the tv series so you had that backstory see i don't think he has a grudge really made more a lot more khan had a reason to have a grudge with with kirk i should have gone to starfleet and sued or something like that see i don't think that that 
Shinzon has a grudge with Picard. I think the only reason he is doing all this is because he needs Picard to live. It's it's. I don't think there's anything really personal in it at all, other than I, I think a lot of what's going on here, too, is you have to remember that there's probably some programming in this whole genetic engineering thing. I mean, he was engineered to replace Picard. So there's probably uh, an inherent... Uh, need in him to do what he has to do uh, with with you know you know maybe, what I mean? Yeah, it's it it part be, of the whole program. It might thing. be, but they should have filled us maybe filled us in on that. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can you can fill that in in the back. I'm I'm not saying it might not queue up and so you you can't make it queue up. It just doesn't ring. It doesn't ring true to me. You could have they could have made this a lot more. They they make attempts at it you know there's they they sat down and they said okay we've got you know just like the tv show you got plot a and plot b and plot a is you know the enemy within story here and then the enemy within story with data and and so you have two and remulus and ramus romulus were twins and the you know and you have all that stuff but they just they just strike the surface of it and then discard it for for a battle at the end. See, I like this part a lot. I think the if there's one moment of the of the movie in the in the storytelling aspect of it, I think this is the part that actually does work. I think there's a nice bit of acting here. I think the story's being told. Unfortunately, there's not enough of the story element in this, but I do like this scene quite a bit. I like this scene too. It's and, and and once again, all the actors in this I think do a good job with what they what they have to do, the ones that have to do important things. <laughs> the other ones just don't have anything to do. But um, and and like I say, all all this would be well and fine if it went somewhere and re- resolved to a point of where. It's my favorite line of the whole movie. Standing in the Romulan Senate. I, that's my favorite line. I, I think that's. I think yep, that just moment swept is up quintessential. the old Romulan Senate. <laughs> that's them burning in, the, in that bowl in the background. <laughs> but I think that moment is quintessential Star Trek. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I'll give the movie a big pass because well, I, I think it does get the sentiment right, at least in that one moment. Well, that's the thing is it's that you could have run run with that moment and had it been like a, a serious attempt with him to make it work with Shinzon, it goes wrong but then he ends up and the, and it sort of happens in this is where you know in the end it this all ends up most likely improving Starfleet's relationship with the with the Romulans uh-huh. because you know they end up sort of teaming up with them at the end but they could have gotten to that point, I think, in a lot more um, Star Trekky, or you know, a lot more meaningful way. Um, this is uh, this is where Star Trek, where they, where I think the powers that be decided, if we're gonna make movies, they got to be action movies, you know, and I think this was their. Why are they scanning for a theoretical? That, that makes no sense. Right, to that's me what whatsoever. I'm saying. The Enterprise has to be running 
five billion simultaneous <laughs> scans of the entire system and and surrounding areas by all the stuff they're picking up, you know. It's just like me walking around with my metal detector saying, I think there's a quarter about eight blocks that way. <laughs> well, it's like the one episode of the of the show where they run a scan to find... I think it's the one where Worf's hopping parallel universes. And they actually run a scan that determines that he's not from their universe. I'm like, how would you even build a scanner like that? Right. Why, what function would that serve on the off chance that you just happen to run across something that's not from your universe? I was like, really? That makes no sense at all. Let's just scan everything to see it's from this universe and on the off chance that we'll find something not of this universe. <laughs> exactly. Go. Yeah, that... We've okay. seen him as we yes yes we have we've seen him as a young man and he had hair she, yeah that makes me nuts he has hair here mm -hmm. that's the thing is even it, 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 he's not genetically bald he's he's got male pattern balding baldness but he just keeps his side hair really short so why is a he come on yeah it's basically just so they can say look <laughs> it's it's definitely him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes me crazy. Because there were several episodes of the show that uh, it would have been actually there were flashbacks to him as a younger man, and he had hair. And either way you do it, if they went to the cut of him with his with his bushy hair, you know, or not really bushy, well, bushy compared to what it is here. <laughs> if they went to a shot to that, it would be almost equally as laughable as that bald shot, though. Is this a goofy? Goofy thing that they didn't even really need to throw in there to square things up. I think Tom Hardy looks enough like young Jean-Luc Picard to pass off, you know, to, to where it's plausible. Although the first time I was like, they look nothing alike. And now that I'm watching it this time, I'm like, no, I can totally see it. I I think they put like prosthetics on Tom Hardy to make it even even more so. He looks more like a young Picard than uh, than James McElroy looks like a, a young Charles Xavier. I'll say yeah. that much. Yeah, that's for sure. And this scene is another one that makes no sense. No sense at all. What's his... I mean, okay, so he can make contact with Troy because she's a Betazoid, but he's obviously got some sort of weird obsession with her. And it's the first woman he's ever seen. He's a space virgin. Yeah, but don't you think he would have a it space since version. he's a clone of Picard? <laughs> wouldn't they make it like um, there was Ew. a really bad Stephen King movie that ripped off that had that same? I don't know. I think it was before this actually that had the same like into the mirror and then you saw the other person. This this serves no purpose other than to um, he's a prevert to show that he's that he's a bad guy, but it also. It also, um, I'm with you, um, with it also is, I hate when a woman says that to me, he's playing his cards that he's a bad guy by doing that. You know, he's like, 
But at the same time, if they've got this power to do that, why don't they go inside Picard and get some tactical information? Ew! Or something like that, you know? I'm sure Picard's f- chock that be full of tactical information. <laughs> sure, he's hiding some tactical information up inside himself right now. <laughs> oh, I hate Taco Thursday. <laughs> Oh, we should use slimy fool. We should totally go in and do a fan edit of this where he farts every time he does that little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring me a clean leather outfit. I love how they have this massive ship that's like 40 times the size of the Enterprise and like 12 guys run it. Yeah. Just like Nero. (laughs) See, if the B4 stuff wasn't so stupid, this would be a nice little, they're nice little. Hey, he's USB. Check it out. And that's also, uh, this is also the laziness of the writing of this movie. But you see, they play the, okay, he's totally different, but look, he likes his tea, too. He, he gets it, you know, has the same sort of thing. Boop, 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 iPhone says you're okay. <laughs> iPhone says you're naked under that outfit. <laughs> now we're going to bring out the Elmo puppet so you can show where he touched you. <laughs> he touched my brain <laughs> but you would think he would have his if if he was going to have a little obsession it would be with Beverly Crusher if he was going to mind rape somebody we must up her hair too wow that was mighty insensitive yeah yeah Especially, for- <laughs> I love, I love the Asian dude turns around like, huh? What? Are you seeing this? Cause I'm seeing this. Really? They were nose to nose with that kick-ass warbird and didn't have their shields up. Not so. Sorry. I love that line. I was lonely. And once again, why is it every? next generation movie has to have some weird body horror time for your dentist appointment out sort of scene sorry we didn't have the long needle ow look they got Han Solo in the background <laughs> carbonite <laughs> See, all, everything to get to this point was not, they just didn't need to do all the stuff to get to this point. (laughs) What is wrong with B4, man? Did he program him to look stupid? I mean, obviously you gotta, you gotta differentiate between Data and him. But jeez, yeah, he's his, like his head's like. Dar, 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 dar. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I would have liked this movie so much better if his name instead of B4 was Durr. Yeah, and I wish he did the like, I wish he did the more little kid that whenever Shinzon said something, he'd just be like, why? 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 Because I said so! (laughs) (laughs) You're still the same guy. Yeah, no, not, no, you're just a guy, you're a guy who has the same genetics. Jesus. See, I like this, though. I really do. I just don't find it plausible. I think I think it would have been so much more plausible if at first Shinzon and Picard... And Picard showed signs of it, but if Shinzon and Picard were both into the idea of them, you know, hooking up and being being buddies, you know, or, or you know, that Shinzon has the same aspirations is and maybe noble nature of picard or whatever um is young and stupid but when he's betrayed you know seeing as how he's had the bad background he it, it would make he he could go bad this is the, the from this point on it's just it's there's nothing to think about you know what i mean it's it's everything is propelling it towards a battle and the stuff that has to happen in this to make it the you know the event because I mean when they made this they were pretty much saying this is going to be the last Star Trek movie if I recall it. See, I I disagree with you. I think that that what's going on here is it's a, it's meant to be a study of the two of them, and it's what yeah. Picard says to him later in the film you know, that. You know, because Shinzon said something to the effect of, you know, if you had lived my life and Picard turns that back around on him and says, you know, something very similar. Well, if you had lived my life, you know, that you, you know, you have this chance to improve yourself, to be better right. than, you know, what happened to you when you were young. And I, I like that, that he he's not ready to give up on him yet. Yeah. Despite all that he's done and all that he's willing to do. And I like that. It's it's a. I think it's a throwback to, you know, some of the classic Trek that was an examination of the of the human condition. And, you know, some of our personal... So I love that Data gives him a Vulcan nerve pinch here. This is awesome. And right. so many people missed that. Yeah. That that's how he took him out. I thought that was great. I mean, he learned that from Spock, and I just thought that was really cool. Data looking a little beefy. Well, that's that that that's the thing is his Brent Spiner's kind of screwed because you can't. Yeah, <laughs> you, you just he he's a pla- piece of plastic. <laughs> right. How is he? Why why is he gonna? You know. Some good CGI there. Why didn't you pack two of them, dummy? <laughs> There's room enough, looks like. <laughs> I like that. It's got moments. It's got. It's not a perfect movie by any by any oh, stretch. Oh no! Oh, this looks like the abductees. Now that I see it, don't they? It's time for your anal probe. <laughs> not again. Five o'clock already. 
reminds me of the black hole. Yeah. With the robots. Even the music a little bit. Yeah. And the color scheme, actually. It's a little orangey. Mm-hmm. But here's here's this is the point in the movie where oh and did, did I mention that I that I think it's also I hate the idea that he wants to destroy earth again that it has to be earth in danger you know what's where Picard's from I know I know it's it's a, a stupid movie <laughs> motivation of of something to do he has every reason in the world to hate the Romulans has every reason in the world to hate the Romulans. He has, but he's really, conquered them now. He's he's in charge of the Romulans at this point. Why yeah, would he fight them? Because if I were him, I wouldn't want to conquer them. I'd be I'd be taking the Romulans and shipping them over to Remus to do the mining, and shipping the Remans over to Romulus to run run the planet, you know, or something like this. And now we're in Star Wars. <laughs> We're in reverse Star Wars, actually, pretty soon. Eh, it's still looking a little black hole to me. <laughs> You're right. Now, these guys, was it was established earlier, are the shock troops that were fighting in whatever the hell battle they were talking about before. There's some shitty shock troops, because one 70-year-old man with a laser pistol sh shooting the hell out of him, and they can't hit the broadside of a barn. And look at him. He's look at him. He's standing in the middle of the goddamn hallway, and they can't wing him? I do like the sound effects here, though. The sound of the computer is pretty cool. And it's like... <laughs> I think they thought with this movie, I think they thought... Well, we had the formula right, but I think the cast was right. just a little too old for it. And that's how we got the J.J. Abrams movies, is they said, let's do the same formula, but let's like get some new blood in there, or whatever. Right. It's funny, because I think the cast is the strong point of this movie. You know, they're, they're, they know their roles, and they are committed to them, and they make stuff that shouldn't work, work or work better than, than a train crash when... That's cool. It's still pretty ridiculous that he stood right out in the open with no cover, and you got 75 guys shooting at him, and nobody hits him. I actually got to touch this thing. Really? It was at Kennedy, that first year that I went to Kennedy. They had this there on display. It was pretty cool. Now, after they've just established what a what a big fan of driving Picard is, now he's like right. Mr. Fumblefingers in in on this one. Well, it's a brand new vehicle, and he doesn't read Romulan or Reman or whatever the hell it is. There's a learning curve. Plus, it's a newer model. See, I'm, I'm I like this part a lot, except for one big problem with it. Which is, you know, there's the great scene, the great shot of him flying out the Emperor's window. But how did he know that the Emperor's window was through the next doorway? Right. Because, you know what I mean? I mean, has he had time to learn the layout of the ship? I mean, maybe the computer's feeding him the information. I don't know, but 
It just, it looks like he's flying around kind of haphazardly until he finally finds his way out. So he could have just as easily flown and into that I'd room and very flown right into a wall. Or into the bathroom. And... <laughs> right. <laughs> I like this part, though. This would be a hell of a lot of fun. This would make a good video game. Yeah. Disney ride. <laughs> For that matter. Yeah, it actually looks like a, a lot like a ride video. Yeah, right there. Now that's a great shot. But how did he know? Well, was really all that was protecting them from the void of space was a glass of, you know, pane of glass. I like this shot too. Yeah. Some good shots. Is this the one where the Enterprise flips upside down and flies away? Well, yeah, that's Yeah. Oh, I love this shot. Well, this is I mean, this is this is a, cool. this is a point where we're gonna get some really great. Uh, I mean, the battle is a nice Trek mm -hmm. ships fighting in full 3D. By the way, what's wrong with your face? I like how the I like how the Romulans at the moment of his we of any weakness are perk right up. They're not. They're not. He hasn't stolen their Romulan you know warlike nature and they're ready to they're they're ready to take him out at the whatever moment they can and uh you and i'll have a little talk about facial masks and how they can make them look <laughs> more presentable i don't know he's just ugly <laughs> she was like, man, I could have caught that. <laughs> is she the same one that killed everybody before? Or is she a different No, she's, a, she's different. She's different. I have to go back through the John Byrne ones. I'll bet you she's in those. I'll bet you that I'll bet you a lot of these characters are Don't in those. Did they take notes. place a lot earlier than this, though? They took. Oh, you're right. They took place in. in original series you're right yeah although it could potentially because i think the romulans are long live like the vulcans so potentially i guess it could be some of the same characters but they usually don't live that long just through battle and stuff though it's nice to see her have something to do in this because i don't think she's really even talked up to this point has she no, I don't think so. I think she just sort of has been standing around in the background. I have noticed that Riker's beard is inconsistent in this movie because sometimes it's got a lot of gray in it and then other times it's pretty much all black. Oh. So it's a little inconsistent. It's like you can tell it was filmed at different times or something. Right, right. Or maybe he just forgot to put the Grecian formula in like every day or something. Space Grecian formula? No, it's one of those movies where you have to bring in all the cast, so it was probably a scheduling nightmare. Because it's not like, ah, oh, we'll just cast somebody else's data or whatever. You know, you have to sort of get everybody there. Right. You know, the, 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 that's the thing is, this, if, if this was just ri written a little more carefully, we could have, there could be some nice resonance to this scene, you know? But it's it's kind of cold. It is a scene between two robots, so it should be kind of cold. <laughs> but you know, I mean, 
it's it's set up to be a little bit touching, you know. I guess. I always found it to be a little bit cruel, actually. Well, yeah, he's he does sort of taunt him a little bit before turning him off. All right, turning you off now. Any second here. But that's what big brothers do anyway, you know. This is just big brother torture. Well, as I've said many times before, sometimes Spiner can be downright creepy as Data. And this is a scene right here where I think Data is creepy because he comes across a little a little cold, you know, a little... Uh, it's it's weird. Data looks Almost like, like a bully in a lot of ways. Yeah, Data looks like he's got a little more weight on him than yeah. B4 does too, which is strange. If they can make Brett Spiner look like an earlier version of him here, why didn't they just do that for the whole movie? Right. He's actually he's starting to look a little bit like a Q around the edges. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is just kind of cruel. And here, it's, it's not it's, his fault. And here we go, Thaleron, another just like plot device thing that we've never heard of before, but it's this like insanely illegal doomsday weapon type thing that just showed up here. Hasn't been right. any other problems with it. Because it's been made illegal, but I'm sure there's plenty of races that don't cotton to that that Federation law or whatever. So it's just another, right. just another. Th and I'm I'm just sick of like Earth, you know. Uh, and and uh, they 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 make it work with the story, but I know why they're really doing it. So Joe moviegoer feels a little more invested right i don't that's my planet even though i'm 500 years dead now <laughs> when the, i'm dust when this story takes place now what's really funny is that this essentially is where the second disc of the soundtrack starts the second disc is great, and the second disc is the one that I always listen to when I dig this soundtrack out and listen to it's it. All the fight. This is the, this is the point of the movie where I think the movie gets truly great as well. Up till now, it's had some ups and downs, but from here on out, I like this movie. As a lot. an action movie, it's a really well done action movie. Yeah, this is uh, all the problems I have with it are in the first half of the movie, but from here out, I think it's a pretty solid Star Trek movie. It's it's really funny, and that's the exact opposite with me. Is from here out, from here out, when I was in the movie theater, it, and it had to be just about exactly this point. This is when I started going into the rage, because I'm like, this is going to be it. We're not going to, they're not going to tie any of this together in a way that makes sense with this. This is just going to be, it's, it's a propulsion now to stop Shinzon before he destroys Earth. So it's all, from this point on, everybody's just like running and shooting to, to do stuff. There's a little bit of Star Trek trickery, sort of, but it's not, you know, in a Kirk double crossy sort of manner it's just it's cool actually but it's it's more of a diehard action i love you shinzon 
I love you too, sweetheart. <laughs> That's how he got that scar on his lip, was trying to make out with this guy. <laughs> Andy Pop probably caught the incredible melting man disease. But yeah, I was I was in a fury in the movie theater at this. Oh, I love that shot. Rare, I'm such an easy moviegoer too. I'm so happy to be in a movie. I love going to the movies so much that it has to be it, something has to really piss me off. I don't think I think this movie and Into Darkness were the last two movies besides actually the Roland Emmerich the day after movie. <laughs> Which I sucker got suckered into going. Even at a like, it was at the three dollar double feature theater. I was still like feeling ripped off. What happened to stellar cartography? That was a great room. Now they're reduced to the big screen TV. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, that was a different Enterprise. They dumped. Uh... That was the other Enterprise. Yeah, you think that? Window. Yeah, but you don't think they would take rooms from <laughs> when they make new Enterprises? You think you'd have the old. You'd have a the the right up to date stellar cartography. No, they cut his budget, man. They're like, you know, every time we give you a ship, you manage to run it into a planet. So you know, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna cut back on some of the optional extras in this one. And if you still get air conditioning and power windows, but uh, stellar if, cartography, not so much. And if you screw up this enterprise, the next stellar cartography is going to be a broom closet with some maps thrown in it. <laughs> See, there's your moment right there. This is the we're entering the Mutara Nebula. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a uh, it's now this 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 bad remake of Wrath of Khan is better than the Into Darkness one because at least it doesn't throw stupid fans. You're killing me with the, the Abrams shit. Man. Sorry, I, I, I have to call it as I see it. I don't know. I'm not putting this on quite on the level of that, but I think this set the formula for... Oh, no, I agree with you there. I, I think movies. that because fans... I treated I, this movie the way that they did well, that we ended up this, getting this, Abrams track, this is which lowest, I say I hope you guys are happy with this. This is the lowest yeah, the lowest um take a Star Trek movie ever had was this was this movie, lowest box office ever. And but the thing is, when they went into the Abrams thing, I I think they got it all wrong where they said uh, w when they assessed what they got wrong and what they figured they got wrong in this movie was you know the cast yeah we tried to we we tried to do an adventure movie and the cast is too long in the tooth and looks uncomfortable doing it when in fact i don't think they're too long in the tooth i think they're uncomfortable looking of them them looking uncomfortable in an action movie comes from their characters are more like that? science fiction characters that that solve stuff through wit and diplomacy and and inventiveness so when you see him in an action movie it's 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 a little out of character for him but see, i'm wondering is shinzan just playing with them here because it seems like they take a lot of hits but as i've watched shinzan this, doesn't have more, time I'm... to 
take care of them. I don't think they thought it. That's the thing. I don't think whoever wrote this or whatever committee wrote this thought that through enough. And at this point, they're like, we can carry through all this stuff by making it, a, you know, visually exciting. And it is. The, 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 the battle in here is a great, you know, starships battling in, a, in three dimensions like they really would in space without making it Star Wars, without making it while making it still feel Star Trek battle. You know, it's got the big majestic feel to the ships. Right. I like this scene, but I don't like how it's just kind of swept under the rug where he says, yeah, hey, don't bother looking for my hollow yeah. emitters. I'm like, um, but that's kind of important because otherwise you can't be here. So right. how does that work exactly? You're so vain, by the way. <laughs> then why don't you, loser? <laughs> When I saw that on screen, it looked like uh, the I'm watching the I got the subtitles going. It looked like it said, "Look at me, Shazam." <laughs> <laughs> see if we can get a band-aid for that lip. How about that? Let's see if we can line him up so that it looks like this light just runs through the middle of his head. <laughs> it's just distracting me. <laughs> just a little baby Shinzon that wants everybody to be his friend. They needed to have him occasionally shimmer or something just to remind you that it was supposed to be a holographic image. It's a little perfect. See, this is an okay scene. If they would have built it up better, we could have had some, you know, a great... where You know, where we had in Wrath of Khan, you had... Kirk fighting with his nemesis you could have had you know Picard it out and you sort of do have it here but it's you could have had a really witty and interesting you know um Picard battle battle you know battling himself in space it's a great idea there's great ideas in this and oh I think his speech here is fantastic I mean he's doing all his best stuff to try to bring this kid right. back from the dark side. Right, right. And I, I, Picard's in character. Um, Shinzon, I mean, he's in character because they've portrayed him as as who he is. But his character, they could have made a way, if they would have made him a lot more complex, we would have had a lot more to chew on with this and had more meaning here they had to create more meaning here in order for their 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 conflict to to resonate with people because we don't have backstory like Khan who they're emulating here and they could have given it that I think they're only emulating uh, Wrath of Khan in in the pace of it though i don't think they're trying to do it in the actual story no, of it. i think well i think what they i think when they were in the boardroom going well 
Insurrection was too boring or whatever. The complaints were it was too much like the TV show. You know, what was the most successful movie before this? Or the, you know, the one that people seem to think, it, you know, is is the although the most successful in star trek 4 and and, mm-hmm. and they have it and luckily they were smart enough to know that star trek 4 was sort of a one-off type thing and you wouldn't want to copy that every time but you know i i think they're instead of trying to copy the story of wrath of khan exactly they just wanted to get the the beats the, the beats of it well the thing the thing about it is in star trek sometimes they're like Star Trek Four. There isn't an enemy. <laughs> there isn't a, a bad guy in that. There isn't somebody who's like, you know, they're fighting. They're trying to get something done. Or, uh, you know, oftentimes in Star Trek, you'll have them in between two sides that are kind of pricks, and they've got to straighten things out. You know, and uh, and those were a major. You know, I, I, I think the majority of Star Trek stories, whether they, they be the TV shows, especially the TV shows, or or even the movies for the most part. I mean, I mean, no, no, um, V'ger wasn't a bad guy. V'ger was right. presented as a bad guy in the beginning of the movie to make him foreboding, but it was, well, instead of... If you were doing Star Trek 1 these days, the, the end of it would be how they figure out how to blow up V'ger, you know? How, how right. they figure out to talk to V'ger for a few minutes and, and download something into him that makes him that makes him blow up. And that would be the end of the movie. Instead of somehow... Cre- instead of oh, I love that fight, shot. Yeah. Well, from this point on, we're full of some really great first-of-a-kind... Uh, Star Trek shots, you know, just I, I just I love the green hazy background. It just works, you know, with it being Romulans that they're fighting. I, I love the color scheme. You know, there's a lot of green in here, and it just really works. You know, I mean, special effects. Th- this was a Star Trek where, you know, Star Trek suffer from not getting the budget of say a Star Wars movie, but in, now with this movie came out. They could make up for that by doing CGI instead of having to do a million models and and all that. So that <laughs> sometime I have farts and make the veins on my head stick out like that. I like I like that the crappy pieces of plastic um, no, still no, fall out. No, 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 no. What? What's making it slow to a stop? It's in space. Right, you're right. But he she, broke she, my ship. She, she's a little too friendly. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, I, I I like the fact that they're teaming up with some Romulans, but have her be a little more short. To, they still probably don't right. like dealing with humans, or, you know, even it, it would have been just better if she was kind of sharp and short, and then, at the end, was just sort of like, hey, thanks, Captain, you know, but that we're we're buddies in this fight or whatever. It would have it would have been neat, but I still like that scene. I. I like the ending of this and the beginning of this 
um, as separate things. The ending more so than the beginning, but the ending is what pisses me off about the movie. I have complex feelings about this movie. Putting putting as as a whole, the the beginning just makes. No, I've got diarrhea. And see, I think that the whole reason they came up with the, the and and they they're doing this now, just to have something to to make the for the mind rape scene make sense. Well, it's to give her something to do. Right. Right. Because otherwise, what has she done so far in the movie? All she's done has been something to get, get um, um, Riker pissed off and defensive. I like the scene <laughs> when they first meet Shinzon. I forgot to mention that. I like how as soon as he like starts talking to Troy, Riker immediately just starts walking over to her. Yep. <laughs> What's it to you, buddy? <laughs> I like that. That's a total Riker moment. <gasps> and see, that's sort of a that's sort of the opposite mirror ver vision of uh, Star Trek Two, with right. Ember, but this time it's done in anger and right and spite. Some great visuals there. These guys like to grab each other's chest, don't they? <laughs> They're in love. It's a, it's a Remus thing you wouldn't understand. That's one of my major complaints with Star Trek, though, is when they just start throwing out the whole thing of uh, maneuver 57. Just one time, one time in one of these damn things, I want to see one of the guys be turn to the other one and be like, I, I have no idea what the hell maneuver 57 is, dude. Do you, it's you the know old what he's talking about? <laughs> It's the old loop-de-loop loop-de-law. Watch here. I think this is the part where... Let me see. Is this it? Yeah, right there. That's Brian Singer that just took over from Worf. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Having a nerd-out moment. See, the hallway battles get a little repetitive. In the Star in these start in these next generation movies, there's a lot of well, especially when they're shit and they're they're so right there. They had it was a complete ambush, and they missed. And everybody just sort of yeah just starts like blasting up the walls basically. These guys are supposed to be crack troops, and they can't hit. They're worse than stormtroopers. They're also supposed to be badasses, and badasses don't like do tactical stuff they go raw like huns and <laughs> you know right ow now why is he so intent on jumping into the what this could be the garbage what you for smell. All he knows. Yeah, exactly <laughs> i know i was so disappointed that they did not come out into a garbage it looked like he just <laughs> shot yeah. right in the legs, by the way Uh, yeah. I do kind of like this part though. Although why and, didn't that dude just kick him in the face right there? It's 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 just your standard your standard you know, it's like it just it's so tidy. It's like, 
oh, here's number one fighting with number one while <laughs> fights with the captain. It's just... It gives Frankie something to do. It, it does. It does nothing for anything but to. There's some nice callbacks to Kirk's fight in well, Generations, though, that I like rather a lot in this. Ow! Not nice. It's a good shot. Oh, all this, this whole bat, and this is something you've always wanted to see. Yeah. You know, terrible as it is. Couple red shirts uh, taking the plunge. I think that was Brian Singer that got sucked out too. Um, Captain, can I be excused from bridge duty now? Who left all that wadded up paper all around? <laughs> that look on his face is hilarious. <laughs> They're all pretty nonchalant about sitting there and staring at the vacuum of space, though. There'd be no... I'd be like, um, all right, everybody's got to adjourn to the battle bridge at this point. It just shows how long they've had this technology that they have total faith in it, you know? Yeah, if, screw that. <laughs> exactly. I w yeah, you and I would be sitting there just like, wait a minute. You mean if the power goes out, we're getting sucked out again? Nah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I don't know. All I can think of is maybe they don't have a battle bridge on this Enterprise, but still, you would think they would. Love the music. Love the music. See, this is all... He wants to kiss me on the lips. If... If they... If it just would have been better set up, all these moments would have paid off so much better dude you are way too hard on this movie Maybe. i'm serious you really i mean i'm from this point i mean i'm loving this shit i think this is just a kick-ass trek movie at this point because this is what i've wanted to see i've wanted to see the, the the big ship battles you know and not in the the zipper all around you know flashy star wars style but in a classic star trek style and that's what we're getting here we are we are, and like I said, as as that, it's good. But you know, it's. But it's they're they're going they're going for those poetic moments from Star Trek Two. That a, you're just like you you just don't reproduce. You know, lightning doesn't strike twice. And. And it, it just doesn't it doesn't work for me. It works for me on a See, this on right action here. movie level. This it's a great this, this this right here makes up so much of the of the shortcomings because I've always yeah. wanted to see this. And I like that, I, I like that this. They, my biggest regret about this movie is that I didn't get to see this on the big screen because this must have looked awesome. It did. It did. I was in a rage at this point too, during the movie. But I, what I, what I'm glad about this, what I like about this, besides that it looks amazingly cool, is that uh, it doesn't destroy the Enterprise. <laughs> right. It just it messes it up. But man, it you know it's I like it. It it, it, it and also 
the destruction of the Enterprise would have been just one more thing that they threw in the stew that would have... But like I said earlier, this part, I mean, watching it is fun to watch, but it doesn't... It, it What makes me angry is what it could have been. What they... What, it, it, how cool this would have been. Like, if I was emotionally involved in this story, I would have... In the theater, I was just like, whatever by this point. But if, if I was emotionally involved, I would have been just like, yes, ramming speed. But I mean, do you still feel that way now? Well, now I see it and I look at it and it's still visually cool. But no, none of this has like I, I do. I feel nothing for for him as a, for um, Sh- Shinzon there as, as a character. He's not like a character that I would that has any place in my star trekness of of you know a character you know that i that i like that it's like oh man you know they you know they work shins on into the next story or something i i I could care less he's 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 disposable for this movie he's in this right no i mean he's he's meant to be he's meant to be but i'd you know i'd rather have would this work by the way what's that would this work? No, it should just pull the the Enterprise should just pull a lot be pulled along with it as if it was part That's of Shinzon's what I'm ship. Too, because there's nothing to hold it in place. Right, right. There's what's it pulling against? Right, right. There's no gravity. There's no atmosphere. There's there's a lot of ships doing atmosphere things in this, like the Romulan ship. It is a great visual, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here you go here's See, your generations moment having having the battle yeah 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 but having this battle going on while this in, insane awesome special effects thing goes and then you have this like stuntman fight you know on a set I don't need it I'd rather see I have had enough it. of you I like how he sort of flaps his wings at first like he's gonna fly <laughs> See you at the party, Richter. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like all the debris just sort of floating around. Mm-hmm. But I you know, like I mean, that. a great villain. But who the hell was that guy? <laughs> that it, that's the thing is they've made bit, like baddies in the last three Star Trek movies. It's like let's make a really big baddie for these guys to fight. None of them are anybody that I care about, you know. None of them are anything that's useful as anything other than the film for the the characters to oppose. That's and Shinzon has huge. Stop. I mean, a clone of Picard, a character that's a clone of Picard. It has. Let's take Lore for example. I mean, Lore's a dick, but it's great to see him turn up, you know. Q for the uh, you know maybe it gets a little old in, in the future. Little would clear that right up. But I mean, you know, like if I I I I love the lore story, you know, in that that first Star Trek because it was he was a neat character and a neat idea, and Shinzon's a neat idea that opens up all these possibilities, and then they don't follow through on them and then it just turns into a 
a fight. It's funny that it's the exact, it's just a giant size version of the, the yeah. birth control pill container. I'm somebody, I'm thinking somebody missed an opportunity to make millions of dollars selling uh, fingernail files to the, the Remans. <laughs> yeah, those would have been flying off the shelves. Or some clippers, you know? Yeah, just send, uh, they, they, I mean, they make spaceships. You'd think with all that mining work, it would just wear their fingernails down. They wouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> maybe they're not working. Maybe they're just whiners and they were had a nice cushy job. <laughs> just making it sound like they were slaves. Maybe they're just wimps. That's pretty cool. It is cool. It does take an awfully long time to deploy the weapon, though. Of course it does. Of course it does. Three hours and 50 minutes, Captain. <laughs> I do like Jordy's little speech here, though. So maybe we ought to turn around and get the hell out of here. It's kind of what I'm thinking. He's not doing much else other than... than uh, Destroying the Enterprise at this point. Is the ship broke? They can't get away? I think that is. I think they have, like... So this is this is Rathacon, then. It's very Rathacon. The weapon's going to go off. They can't... Okay, yeah, right there you just said, try and put us some distance, which is pretty much what Kirk said, too. All right, I like the sentiment here, but... That's a little Star Trek V right there. The captain can go over, can't take anybody else with him. Now he can't get back. Yep. Okay. Right at, like at the exact second. Right. Afterwards. Yeah, it's it's just it's Dusak Machina. And there's nobody guarding the hallways. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't they be playing like Girl from Impanima or something like in the background? The only two guys standing guard duty and he just walks up and just blows them away. Okay. All right. Yeah. Some crack troops. My ass. Exactly. I love you. I know. All right. Here we go. I don't know. They had a scene just like that in the in the two Abrams Star Treks too. <sighs> I at this point I was at this point. Where was the this, one in the first one? When it, when when they were doing the skydive down onto oh, the. Oh okay. And then they do the exact same thing in the next movie. Bonk. Yeah, that would have been funny if he just didn't find anything to grab onto. Right. Just, <laughs> just got with sailing right on past. Kept going. Yep. I think that every time I watch this, I think that same thought is what if he just kept right on a honk and right past it? I mean, if you were just two inches out of the grasp of your hand, you'd be done. There's you can't like maneuver your so you'd just be like, ah. He should have at least grabbed a fire extinguisher to navigate with. 
Dun 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 dun. <laughs> I told you I'd be back. Shoot the light. No, not the guy. These the guys light. can't hit shit. He needs a flashlight to see them, and they can't hit him. <laughs> <laughs> They're dazzled by that. Actually, that's smart because they don't like the light and he's shining light right in their faces. All right, maybe they're like Mogwai. And then this guy doesn't bother bother to shoot him. He just tackles. Ow! Ow! Oh, you broke your gun on his head. Oh, you waited too long, you dumb, dumb dummy. Oh, you dropped your shaver. Take that, egghead. He's doing the grandpa walk up the stairs, too. <laughs> yeah, God yeah. damn it, where I'm fighting. Hey, we're on Krypton. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha good. <laughs> It's like in Spaceballs with the giant Hoover. That see that shot's a little CGI, you know. But it's 2002. But there's a little bit. It's the Eye of Sauron. It's a little bit. It's a little bit video game. But that was the only shot I think, if I recall right, in the whole movie that looked like overtly CGI to me. They did a really good job, especially for 2002 and not being Lucasfilm. Although, I don't know. Did did Industrial Lights and Ma in Magic... In five minutes, what? Did Industrial Lights and Magic do the effects on this? Uh, I don't know. I, I know they have that. in the past for... This is ripped off from Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. <laughs> Why drop the That's knife? So Why drop the knife? If you're gonna just walk down the, the pike, bring the knife with you and put it in his neck. Give me the kiss. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> kiss me, you ball headed freak. <laughs> I wouldn't be putting up with this. I would have just like shoved the spike backwards and just be like, Jesus, shut up already. Oh, you've been eating broccoli. <laughs> yeah. I tired. love you, Dad. Wake up! Now, here, this is what made me furious. I what? I think they just wasted data's death it, it and i think they did it because they've got b4 and it just loses he doesn't get a moment with the captain ow and i'm i'm not saying you should force dramatic moments with data's death but it's a pretty big deal you know i think 
should have been. Yeah, in in the and and it's all taken away because you know they have B4 with all of Data's memories in him. He doesn't work quite right, but that could be a plot element of you know for the future that makes Data actually a little more interesting because he's back to being a little less human. But that yeah, that's it. That's what's that's what his death is. I like how Jordy's just like squinting like, "Hey." Yeah, and th that I will agree with you. It it really had no emotional right. resonance at all. And, it really did not. And I was in the movie theater. I was just like, "You got to I was like, you know, starting to talk to the screen like, "You got to be kidding me." You know, that it's just like because at that point to me it was just like Mm, we're going to throw the death of data in this for, you know, to add some, you know, gravitas and drama to it and stuff. And it just felt thrown in to, to me. And also I really think, and it's, it's a testament to the actors that when they have his wake up here, it, it brought a little, little, uh, not a little tear to my eye, but I was definitely misting up a little bit on it but i think that's just because these guys are such good actors together that that they pulled you know a scene that scene off you know that's the only part of the of the death thing that works for me is that scene it's only because of the actors but, but it's still it, it is only because of the actors and the thing is is that it urge, actually it's not like spock's funeral where where you're choking up at the end of that, and that movie earns that by right. backstory, how it happened, the way it does the music and everything. It 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 doesn't become maudlin because it's it's seriously sad. You're it's like you're at the funeral for a friend. Right. It doesn't feel like that in this. They have a little wake for him, but really, man, you should have had a speech, a good nice good speech by Jordy. That, that, well, that it doesn't work from or I mean the the death of data in this doesn't work for me on, on a number of levels mostly because of the B4 thing that you mentioned and all but also you don't have you don't have that goodbye it just kind of happens it, it's very much a Tasha Yar death which happens in reality but it doesn't it does, feel right it, in this movie no it does not and the wake scene it does elicit a little bit of emotion, but it's mostly because I, I find it to have a strong parallel with the absent friends scene in Star Trek three. Yeah. So it's actually eliciting more emotion from that callback to that than it is because of what's actually, you know, being remembered here with it, which is data's death. Although I, I, I do like, uh, Riker's little moment. They're all struggling, you know, with this loss and everything, and he's the one that kind of pipes up with the little story. I, I did like that. It just doesn't, it doesn't carry the emotional weight that uh, that it really should. And the real problem with it, as you say, it's it's B four, because with Star Trek two, we had that little glimmer of hope at the end. We see that the that the torpedo tube, you know, essentially Spock's coffin has soft landed on Genesis. So that gives you some hope that maybe they'll find a way, maybe they'll be able to be creative enough to bring him back in a future installment. This one here is 
you see that the tube is soft landed, that it's standing open, that there's footprints, and then it pans over and Data's, hey, how you doing? Waving at you like, hey, I'm fine. I'll be cool. I'll be back. And, and there's nothing to, you know, there's no mystery to it. There's no, now this right here I love. This is a, in the music, is a cue callback to the space dock scene motion in picture. Star Trek The Motion Picture, which, uh, come on, I just think that's awesome. That's beautiful. He had to condense it a bit, but I really like that. But yeah, I did not need him. Uh, I didn't need the thing with with B four. It was it was just a little too a, bit, a little bit too much. There was a nice scene that got uh, cut out, unfortunately, with uh, Picard meeting his new uh, first officer, which I actually thought was really funny. It's on the DVD. But they didn't. Uh, they didn't include it in the finished movie, which I thought was a bit of a shame. It's actually a pretty funny little comedic moment. Was it just some new guy, or was it a, a surprise character or something? Yeah, it was a new guy. TFNG. What? TFNG. What's that? That's a new guy. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> what? You don't remember back in Nam? That was a. Uh... That was the term. <laughs> yeah, Riker kind of sets the guy up because he, he... I'm, try, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've seen that. Uh, the the bonus features, you know, the, the cut scenes and everything. But, you know, he basically sets the guy up. Yeah, I do, I do not like this scene. Although, this scene right here... In my opinion, this makes my argument for me. This settles an argument that goes all the way back to when we did Measure of a Man. And I took a lot of shit for my stance on cybernetic life forms. And especially when we talked a bit about uh, hol you know, holographic life forms and all that crap. That right here, it's established that essentially data, data lives because he's inside of before. Well, then in the, for lack of a better term, the Trek expanded universe in the novels. And we even saw this in the, the, the prequel comics. The 2009. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where, where data was back and data's back because his memories and everything are in before. So before essentially ends up being overwritten by data. And you don't see anybody like racing to B4's defense. Right. Like, well, he's a he's a person, damn right. it. You no, know, that's they like data better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that that makes my argument. He's he's, you know, for all his charm and everything, he's see, this is, a, this a is piece of machinery. Here, the whole the whole it's it's forced and if they would have done it right, this scene could have had people bawling, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, at this point, I was just pounding my head against the seat in front of me. <laughs> well, that person in front of you must have loved that. They always do. It's always better than me just kicking, them, kicking the back of the seat in the small <laughs> back through the whole movie. Dum-de-dum, -dum. we just let him hang out in any room. 
It must have been what that security guard or whatever that guy was was standing there for, I would presume. At least I just regret it's the last one. Uh, hopefully it's not though. I, I've been hearing a lot of talk, you know, in the in the last few months that uh, I guess these some of these guys are really itching to get back in the saddle again. So, you know, Did you read that guy who had the proposal for what how they should run Star Trek now, and it was the most brilliant idea. And I guess it's. It's uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, I don't know why I didn't I didn't think of it because I'm brilliant, but he was <laughs> talking about how TV nowadays, like with Netflix and HBO and stuff, you know, people have are really into the serialized dramas now. Uh, there's like American Horror Story. Um, there's one on Netflix called like True Detective, where ever and there's one called Fargo based on the movie Fargo where every season it's set in the same place or in the same idea, but they'll have a di whole different cast and different storyline each time, you know? Like American Horror Story, like one, one season will be set in a, a freak show, you know? And the next one it'll be a vampire story or whatever. And it'll run a season and have a storyline and end. And they're saying, why don't just do Star Trek like that, you know? Where you have... A season, you come up with a new crew, and you have a season of them with a with a really interesting story that you you begin, middle, and end, and you do it in that style. And then some, you know, somebody writes a nice like season of what Jean Luc Picard did, you know, an adventure Jean Luc Picard had, you know, after post Enterprise or something like that. Because Patrick Stewart's still alive, and you know that you could do it as something that happened to him while he was old. And with the level of writing that they have on TV these days, I think that would be fantastic. And then if you did that you, and you were doing something different every season, you're going to have some seasons that kind of suck. But then again, you're going to have might have some seasons that all of a sudden you come up with something really good that people want more of. Then you might have a new, you know, series, you know, people really right. like that explore that show the season that that featured you know, the, the team of the exploratory ship that got into this sort of thing. And so we could make, maybe we could make a series out of it. I think that's a very good idea. I think that would be so awesome to do, but it sounds like there's, it sounds like, well, as long as till Star Trek three comes out, it doesn't sound like uh, Abrams wants a TV show to compete with it, which is so Stupid. But is he Short is he time. even in the is he it's even in the? Oh, okay. It's still, I'm sure he's contractually still attached to the third movie in a lot of ways, so he's still considered it, it, his trilogy, you know. Hmm. But yeah, he didn't want a TV show. That's the major um, sticking point. Is he didn't, doesn't want a TV show to compete with it? And a, I hate the idea in the first place that a TV show would compete with movies. If anything, if the TV show is great, that could, and you wanted to make a crappy movie, that would suck for you. But if the TV show is great, it seems like that would be like egging you onto a higher level, you know, setting the bar higher and stuff. And 
I don't know. If there was a TV show of Star Trek, I wouldn't be like, ah, I'm not going to go see a movie. <laughs> uh, I'll just watch the TV shows, you know? It's it's just stupid. I I don't understand it. Like, it's... I, I, I don't get it. It's It just seems like such a no-brainer. And it seems like there's a generation... And, hey, it's it's people our age. It's people's... You're in my, my age are at that prime career time, you know, where, say, if, if we went into Hollywood when we were 19, 20 years old, by now we'd be seasoned, and if we were going to start getting opportunities, we'd start getting them. So I think those people are starting to show up in the world of TV and movies, and they get it. Or at least they get it because they get it in the same way we get it, so to us, they get it. <laughs> so we're getting right. some stuff now that understands its source material and exploits that you know it's aware of what there's what what makes their source material tick so there's got to be just scores of you know you can there's that argument with star trek you know the nicholas meyer argument where he was like i don't really care about star trek but he cares about movies so when he did a start did star trek movies he got into Star Trek because he had to get into it for the movies, but that wasn't his primary thing, was an, I, I'm doing a Star Trek movie, I'm going to do a good movie. So there's something to said, be said for getting someone who is an outsider, and I think that might have been one of the reasons with Abrams, where he was like, well, I don't know anything about Star Trek, they're like, oh, maybe he'll, but unlike Nicholas Meyer, he didn't, he wasn't interested in being a Star Trek fan and doing his research. Bastard. And, uh, <laughs> but I think there's a lot of people who do, there's a, there's a lot of people out there who do it. So if you wanted to put together just the most fantastic Star Trek TV show, there's just no better time to do it. And the interest is still there, no matter, you know, how in the Star Trek community, I think most of the people pretty much unanimously like Trekkers pretty much unanimously are not into, into darkness are from not into it to outright hate it. But at the same time, that's not going to stop any enthusiasm for a real Star Trek show. If somebody put, if, if somebody's like, we're coming up with a Star Trek TV show and it, you know, it's the next Star Trek TV show at a la, you know, next generation, deep space nine Voyager enterprise. The excite, the excitement and publicity would be out of control. And isn't like the Star Trek, isn't there an anniversary coming along or something? Not the yeah, isn't next year like the fiftieth anniversary coming along? So it's like this perfect storm of interest and enthusiasm, and yet nobody wants to pull that trigger. I don't, I don't, do not understand. They want to remake every other stupid movie, or movie that doesn't have to be remade. Or, you know, or revitalized or whatever, but they, they can't just grab something that's already there. I guess they are sort of with the movies and trying to, but I, I can't know. tell I... you how many times I've read some article that someone's re written. And one of the first things that it always says is Star Trek in, you know, Star Trek really lives and breathes on the TV screen. And then they go on to the, you know, their, their story. 
Well, let me ask you, though. I mean, right now, with the state of Trek as it is, do you really want a TV show? Yeah. I, I want a TV show because I know the TV show, A, I know all the people who work on the Abrams one aren't going to work on the TV show because it costs too much. for you know They're not going to take the pay cut to get it. And if they right. did a TV show, the you would yeah you would have. It just seems in the world of TV these days they get it more than the world of movies. TV is really oh I agree with you. A lot I, of great, I guess my question is where would the where would the TV show be set? Would it be part of the reboot crap? No, no. Or no. would it be original universe? Mm. Um, that, that's the thing. I would accept reboot universe as long as you had as long as you brought in real writers brought in new characters and stuff like that I could have Star Trek in the reboot universe because you could still use the reboot universe and write it as Star Trek you know just because they didn't write those two movies as Star Trek that's because they're bad writers it's not it's not that the universe is like the anti Star Trek universe and it it's like not in in this universe this dimension you know there's no stories that can make sense you know you could it's could, not that it's that for me I, I have no investment in that universe no. because as I said before no, the they, moment if they, in, it, if they did it in that universe they'd have to build something new and invest you in it they would yeah and, and so, I, they they that is an impossible feat for them at this point but if they did one set right after you know you know even if they went a hundred years past next generation era like yeah but i want to see a hundred years after after next generation era in the classic yeah 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 that's timeline. what i would rather see that's what i would rather right. see but yeah. you know i mean they could theoretically you know you could do it and not even specify you could go well I mean, you could you could stupidly go and try to do next generation in the reboot universe and stuff. I don't think people are. I don't. I don't think the fans or the people who make Star Trek are invested in that in that alternate universe. I think that alternate universe, it, it, to the same point that it, it's it's kind of stupid. It it can be dropped after the third movie, and everybody can say, "Oh, okay, those three movies were just, you know, an alternate universe." That's story. what I'm hoping. That's what I'm banking on at this point is that we're gonna have this third one and get it the hell out of the way, and it's three and done. And then we can and get serious about Star then Trek. Then we can yeah. get back to Star Trek. Yeah. That's what I'm. I'm so hoping that's the case. And I'm even wondering if it might do us some good to get the third one and then Trek goes away for a little while. It the only be, shame it might be good with to have that those was that movies to show people what they don't want. Exactly. Yeah. Have them stand as an object lesson and say, let's never allow this to happen again. Let's never do this again. And then go forth and create great new star trek and that's and and that what be, i really hope and they can use that as publicity for the tv show saying like hey you know we're getting back to the where star trek belongs on tv and in its own universe and that would be enough to 
to build a lot of excitement, you know? You know, I'll, I'll be And then, you know what? Honest. Call up Peter David. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest with you, my friend, that a lot of this this Abrams Universe talk in this commentary has annoyed the shit right I out of me. What, but I couldn't... I'm glad... No, I'm ultimately, I'm glad that this, this came up because... Ultimately, it's kind of fitting that it comes up here with Nemesis because here's kind of my point with Nemesis and one of the reasons that I will defend it despite the problems with it is that much like, say, the Spider-Man clone saga or some other things that have happened in other geek realms that the fans didn't... that, that they were a little too whatever about it and it ultimately led to even worse decisions being made down the road. I think those types of things serve a good object lesson is that, you know, sometimes it's better to take the devil you know rather than the devil you don't. So, you know, while people may not have been thrilled by Nemesis or thrilled by the Clone Saga or whatever, look at what came later and what an atrocity those things were. So I'm hoping that if we ever do manage to get Trek back again, that by God, I hope the fans are thankful the second time around and they go, okay, now we're going to support this. We're going to appreciate this because, you know, love this movie or hate this movie. At least it was still Star Trek, real Star Trek. It had moments. It had beats. It wasn't perfect, but it was real Trek. And, you know, much like, say, uh, Enterprise was much the same way. And I blame myself in, in that because I didn't run out and see this movie when it was at the theater. And I didn't watch, I didn't stick with, rather, Enterprise in first run. I discovered later what a great show that really was and what a, what a shame it was that the fans didn't give it more love and, and stick with it because ultimately those combined factors of star trek on tv that particular iteration failing and then this movie coming out and failing that's ultimately what kind of doomed the franchise and why they just felt you know that there was this need for uh the reboot and that's a shame because both of them have redeeming qualities that just were not acknowledged by the fan base there's there's three things i think that make star trek star trek and that's one is the cast of whatever Star Trek you have, um, mm-hmm. the Roddenberry Foundation of the Universe, and science fiction writing. Star Trek was mm-hmm. born of real science. You know, when when they set it up, they were like, "All right, we're not just pull." They did pull TV writers in. Don't get me wrong on that, but they pulled in Theodore Sturgeon. They pulled in Robert Brock. Right. They pulled in Harlan Ellison. They pulled in real science fiction authors, and there was that atmosphere of we are basing this on science fiction from literature which is a whole different be- there's action science fiction literature like Heinlein but they were pulling it from the like you know the hardcore Isaac Asimov style stories the stories that that, that had that were more Twilight Zone you know right. than, than uh, a shoot 'em up or a space opera you know they were more a story based thing and that is what that's what flavored it the way it was you know and the further you get away and you're getting to the point now where none of those element the only element that you get in in star trek in the last three movies that is star trekky 
to me is the crew. And in the last two movies, that's because you already have your established characters. And in, in Nemesis here, it's because you had your, your established characters and the established actors. Right. But the, but the hard sci-fi story and the Roddenberry-ness of it has not been in... A little lip service gets paid for it. An acknowledgement of its existence is sort of made, but no effort is made to live up to that. Right. I mean, truly, in the in the Roddenberryan sense of Star Trek, the next generation, I think, I have to watch some some of the other ones, but I think the next generation really like was the epitome of that that style of, and you know, we make fun of it for that while we while we watch the the episodes of the show of all their meetings and, you know, semi wimpiness when they could just shoot something, but that's still that's Star Trek, you know. And sometimes a lot of Star Trek is about you have to take the harder route than just like blasting your way out of it. You know, sometimes, although sometimes you got to blast your way out of it. There's no getting around it. But when you can, you, 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 you take routes that might seem less easy or less intuitive because of principles, you know, and that gets lost a lot in when it becomes an action movie. Right. In my humble opinion. <laughs> well, one way or the other, I hope it was an entertaining uh, commentary. I'm going to be very curious what the listeners think about this one. So don't be shy. Write in and let us know what you yep. think of Star Trek Nemesis, good, bad, or otherwise. I have a feeling <laughs> this is going to have a have a lively um, lively thread on the Facebook page when we when we put up this episode. I hope should, so. It should I be interesting. So. Well, I've already noticed there's there's there are supporters and detractors in our list, so we're gonna have a maybe we'll have a team Scott, team Chris comment <laughs> section on our Facebook page. I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 
Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks. Suck it to me? (laughs) 